So welcome podcasters. This is your host Mimi Jacks and I want to thank you all for tuning in to season two of Improper Mimi. We are kicking it off and I'm here with my girl Demelza and she is with Parental Wealth and I would love Demelza for you to just talk to the the crew today um, about you know Improper Mimi, we talk about all kinds of things that empower women at home, work and play. And so this topic that we're gonna talk about today, parental wealth, we're gonna talk about our parents retiring. Um, But I want you to tell us a little more, Demelza, about yourself, about what it is that you do and, and why this information is so important. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, what's going on, fam? My name is Demelza Campbell, and I am the Retirement Money Kid. I am the CEO of Parental Wealth, where we talk money, build wealth, and, uh, you know, excuse me, talk money and build wealth with our retired parents. So I'm really excited to be here talking to Mimi's listeners. So thank you so much for inviting me on. I truly, truly appreciate it. Oh, definitely, girl. But I saw the work that you were doing and the important information you were sharing with everyone. I'm like, okay, this is relevant. This is like things that people may not always be thinking about. It's like, how is our parents' retirement and how they set up their retirement impact us? Like, how does that really, you know, affect us as, you know, working adults or, you know, just even being their children? And so what are some of the... um, the things that you kind of talk about when you get people to, to look at this new mindset of really understanding, you know, well, um, the first thing that I really tell people is how absolutely petrified I was back in the day when I found out that my parents were so deep in debt while they were mm. retired. I had visions of like my mama up in my <laughs> house, rearranging my kitchen <laughs> and not having anything to myself again, because I thought like, Hey, if they are this much in debt, they're going to end up living with me. Oh my God, my single life, because at the time I was single, (laughs) my single life is over as I know it. What am I going to do? Right. And it wasn't even until I did some deep digging that I became exactly uh, as aware of how Mm -hmm. deep in the hole they were and what some of the sincere challenges that they were having with money. When my parents retired, Here's the thing. My mom retired first. She retired in 2001. Let me tell you how she was hustling. She had been working at the same uh, organization since she was 16 years old. And then she retired in 2001, right before the recession Mm -hmm. that came with 9-11, right? So Mm -hmm. she got like this beautiful package and she had effectively been retired for about 15 years at that point. But then she never stopped spending the way that she had always spent when she was working, right? And my dad, he had just retired, I want to say a couple of years earlier. He also didn't stop spending (laughs) the way he he had spent (laughs) when he was working. On top of that, I found out that when they decided to buy their retirement home, they actually they cracked their piggy bank. They cracked open their 401k early. Mm. And mm-hmm. that meant they actually had to pay penalties. It's back. Oh, right. Penalty. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm so confused. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, mean? right. I was just like, how, 
how come you owe so much in taxes? You know what I mean? And it, it got worse, yeah. right? Because they moved from one state to another. So then they owed mm. back taxes to that state. If you want to say like the perfect storm of, oh my God, my life is over. That <laughs> was kind of it for me. It was like, yeah. you owe too many like big ticket folks. Like you owe two states and the federal government. And that freaks me out. And then on top wow. of that, you are spending money to such an extent because, you know, little things, right? So it was just this really perfect storm of mm. penalties and owing different folks. Uh, you know, there were other areas where they owed money and it really just came to a whopping $86,000. And wow. for me, I was like, how are you paying this? I, and even how do you even find out? Because I mean, listen, we're grown adults, but we're still their children. Like that, even finding out yeah. that they're in debt is a process, you know? Yes, like, it was. It was a process. And I want to make sure I tell you that it did not start off pretty. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was, you know, hey, why is dad working so much? Yeah. <laughs> right. And why won't you pay bills online? Why are you still mailing the bills? And my parents mm -hmm. were like, I think any, you know, uh, honestly, Black parent, and they pretty much said, we got this. Don't worry about it. And right. I was like, um, nah, I'm going to worry about it. <laughs> like something's wrong. Yeah. And they told me again, they were like, well, don't worry about it. It's not your concern. And I'm like, well, if you can't take care of this, then this means that you live with me. So that means that then it becomes my concern. So <laughs> how about we figure this out now instead of like when you got to live in my basement? Because I love you, <laughs> but I don't want to live with you. you know yeah. I mean? and, and, um, and people don't always, I'm sorry, people no, don't always even think about that because they're like, maybe so focused on their own struggles, on their own day-to-day, -day, on their own check-to-check -check and taking care of their kids. But we know that the older we get, that taking care of our parents comes into our peripheral as well. Oh, you yeah. Know, so. yeah. So you become like the sandwich. Yeah. They call that the sandwich generation, right? Like, so mm. I know for mm. myself right now, I don't even have a goldfish. I, you know, so I can't even imagine being in a situation where I'm worried yeah. about like my kids daycare. And then mm -hmm. I'm worried about like the cost for taking care of my parents where I know on average for a semi-permanent uh, room in a nursing mm. home, it can cost mm. you $6,800 a month. Like, sis, that is like a studio in New York, DC and LA. That's all together. Yes. For all together per month. <laughs> And it's oh, semi-permanent. It's not even like a, excuse me, semi-private. So it's not even a <laughs> private room. <laughs> and it's like, woo, $6,800. Just, you know, for, say for three years, that's $246,000 for three years. Much. Yeah. You see why I got scared? I got, that's, yeah. I got scared. <laughs> so scared. I was, it was all about self-preservation. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing wrong with that, you know, because if you fail to plan, you know, then that's when you're going to fail. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, oh my God, did I answer your question? Because I apologize. Could you ask me a question and I feel like I totally <laughs> lost it going down the rabbit hole. No, yeah, we got it. We got it. Because, yeah, you were telling us all about how to, um, why it is so important that we need to take 
this into consideration because um, even, you know, that long-term care for our parents, you know, mm -hmm. like thinking about them, thinking about how they're going to take care of themselves. So you're right. So yeah, you were, you were breaking it down for us, how like you found out how much debt your parents are, were in, Absolutely. and yeah. then you set in motion to help them fix that. I did. I did. So I, I want to make sure people know I had the most typical black parents that you could ever understand, right? <laughs> I have a Southern daddy and a very liberal Northeastern independent mm -hmm. mama. And, uh, you know, it was a process to get them to open the books so that I could really see what yeah. was going on with the money. And even then it was a process to get them to tell me all the details. Cause they were like, right. tell me one piece, but not like all of it. <laughs> It was like, oh no, well, that came from this issue. Oh, okay, but you still have more money here. So where that piece come from? Oh, that came from another issue. I was like, well, why don't you just tell me this up front? Oh, well, right. you didn't ask. And I'm like, okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> I didn't, I did not ask, right? And it yeah. was just, it was just very much a process where uh, what I started doing was I started going home more often. I would drive to their house and mm -hmm. I would have breakfast with them. And I'm like, so here's the deal. We need to do something about this. And they're like, <laughs> we're fine. No, no, you're not. You're not fine. Like, mm -hmm. I know you're not fine. Daddy's working 60 hours a week. Ma, you're stressed out. This is not what retirement's supposed to be. I always, I always had this vision that retirement was like, you're drinking out of champagne glasses and you're sailing the Riviera on a, you know, on a boat yeah. or a yacht, not a boat, a yacht. And I want that for you, even if you don't like boats, which they don't, not really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I want that uh, sense of freedom and independence. And that's yeah. not what you have. What you're doing is you're stressed out. And it gave mm -hmm. me the reminder of what happened with my grandmother I, when she took on the responsibility of so many family members and the cost of so many family members when I was younger and it stressed her out. She didn't travel. Uh, she didn't enjoy uh -huh. herself. It was just the responsibility of extended family uh, and the cost associated with that. And that's just not yeah. something that I wanted for my parents. Yeah. And, and that could just go on and on. I, I think it's just so important that people think about it now, you know, like this 2020 was one hell of a year, you know, oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. we are, you know, kicking it off 2021. Now, you know, we're in our black history month now, you know, you got a new administration. <laughs> That's right. You know, Ooh. we'll see, you know, we got his little report card. I'll see how he does in these first yes, 90 ma days. Yes, or so. <laughs> But I mean, just even with everything that has happened with the, the Black community, with Black women in general, I mean, even a lot of the unemployment has been women. And there's a lot of stresses going on, a lot of stresses, a lot of things that people are thinking about. Right. Um, so I, I just feel so strongly that the more we're educated on what to look for and and how to kind of prevent and how to plan for some of this long term for our parents it also is going to help us ourselves you know how we from now can start planning our own retirement you know so that our children don't have to come into this um, you know, same issues, you know, that we may be encountering with our parents now. Right. Just, um, I mean, just imagine, right. So you have yeah. done 
all of this work to become financially independent, to be able to say, I am my mm-hmm. own boss 24 seven, right? Like my mm-hmm. finances are great. I have my nest egg that I'm drawing my quote unquote 4% down on annually, according to like that, you know, five FI kind of, you know, numbers out there. And then mm. all of a sudden you turn around and find out that because your mom can no longer take care of herself, you've got to jump into action. And look, as mm-hmm. black women, we are used to taking on a lot. Take mm-hmm. whatever happens. We, I swear, we are the embodiment of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. <laughs> We're the embodiment of all three with a dash of Wolverine in there for any of my Marvel yeah. fans. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. And there is a problem. We solve it. But mm-hmm. usually that is at great cost to us mentally, spiritually. And definitely financially. So imagine you've got all of this taken care of. And then yeah. now you have to spend this money on a parent because, oh, you know what? I took care of my money, but mm-hmm. I didn't think to take care of or even check on my parents' money, right? Or yeah. check on my parents to see, hey, what are your strategies? Let's mm-hmm. share strategies. So I, I'll tell you what I'm doing. And maybe you can tell me what you're doing so that we can make sure that not just I'm good and not just you're good, but we, the family, are good. Exactly. Because it's that perseverance that the family grows and that legacy is built together. You know, some people talk about intergenerational wealth or even generational wealth, but it's kind of important to understand the difference and exactly what it is difference. I mean, I think that right now there's a big, I, not even right now, it's been at least for the last three to five years, huge push. Oh, generational wealth. I'm going to set my kid up to make sure that they can go to college for free, that they don't have to carry Mm -hmm. any debt, that they're going to have a house, that they're going to have all of the things that I was unable to have, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of that is pushing money down. You're not looking behind you. You're not looking at like that to me is like, it's a gap, right? It's a, because it's an opportunity that to, to really lose money because we're not anticipating Mm -hmm. that our parents are going to age on average, 70% of seniors need long-term care. Like, you know, not to say it baldly, but unless they pass, they're going to live. And when they live, they're going to get older and more frail, you know? And you when you more become care. more frail, exact, you need more care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't think anybody really on the surface wants to think about that when it comes to yeah. their parents because our parents are superheroes in many mm-hmm. instances. They're our hearts, everything. Right, I can't even imagine. Yeah. At the same time, I'm very aware of it. And I'm like, let's plan for it. Let's yeah. plan for this to happen. I want, and I told my parents this one time during a meeting, I was like, look, I don't want you to just have a good life. I want you to have a good death. And a good Mm. death to me is that you are as in control of everything for as long as possible. What do you think? 
you know, and mm-hmm. they were like, no, I like that. I like that. I like that a right? lot. You know, <laughs> your home, your health, your right. wealth, like you want to be in charge of it as long as possible. As long as possible. Know? I want you to tell me what you want. I need to know mm-hmm. what you want me to do with the house, how you want, yeah. you know, what are your wishes? And we need to document this and we need to know, and we need to update it annually. Is this still the same? Has it changed? Just things that make them feel secure, but they also make me feel secure because I know (laughs) I'm doing what they want and not what I want, you know? So I think that that's just a really important part of the process. And that honestly, you know, you'll hear me talk about building wealth. Wealth is not just money when it Mm -hmm. comes to parental wealth. It's also that connection, it's that interaction. When we start talking money, oh boy, you get into some sensitive areas. (laughs) Yeah. But when you become comfortable talking about money, so I've been doing it with my parents for about six plus years now. Okay. Nothing affects us, right? Right. We'll talk about family members that passed. I watched Bridgerton with my daddy. I was just about to say, right? <laughs> if you can talk about money, then you can watch all the sex scenes. You, you know, nothing, nothing phases you. And you're with your dad and you're like, yo, dad, he's like, yeah, no, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm yeah. not embarrassed mm-hmm. by this. This is like, you know, <laughs> normally you would be embarrassed. But yeah. you talk about money, you talk about sensitive things. People are more protective of their oh, yeah. decisions with money than they are mm-hmm. even with like sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a lot of emotional energy and vulnerabilities and just pain surrounding money. Whereas folks will talk about all the rest. Yeah. I mean, you, like we said, our parents are our superheroes. Like when they're raising us and we're growing up, money wasn't talked about. This is grown folks business. You need to stay out of grown folks business. Okay. Table and you better stay over there while we over here playing our vehicle. Or Pocino, yeah. okay? This is the grown folks table. <laughs> I brought out the Pocino, right? You ain't heard that in a minute. <laughs> I ain't heard that in a minute, man. They didn't even teach me bed whist. I was like, I feel Ooh. jaded. Oh, man. I, I like, don't even think I could ever. Listen, spades is like the big whist of our generation. <laughs> it's like, right. You know, I had spades. You know, they taught us these other games. But I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all know how to play bid whist, but you didn't You didn't teach me and my brother and my sister. I'm like, I, I feel, I feel some kind of way. <laughs> wasn't on that level. That's really what but they were We saying. wasn't grown, you know? We wasn't grown yet. <laughs> yeah. But now we're grown, you know? And now my daughter is grown. My daughter is like 26 or 27. I don't know. I you know by the time this comes she out. She was a little one. I was like, Lord, we're so <laughs> old right now. I remember yes. this from way back in the day. So like for the listeners, I met Mimi when we were in college. Yes. 98. That is when I mm. met Mimi, LA, Anaheim, <laughs> Nesby, Region 6. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I remember seeing a picture of you and your daughter, and she was like a, a wee one. And now yeah. she's like this whole independent woman. And I'm just like, yeah. we are still fine so i'm not worried about it like right because black oh women girl we look good so well. i know we just, <laughs> we just exactly and now here i am talking to her about finances and voting and like life and like understanding things and you know like it's 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 
eye-opening, you know, but it is necessary to even let her know, you know, how much I make, like, what's my salary? You know, like, okay, you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. (laughs) But that's the same thing with parents. It's so necessary, right? Like, so imagine if your parent retired five, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. they're, maybe they're, um, their thought process regarding investments, savings, all of that, it might've stopped five or 10 years ago. Like there might not have been a incentive to continue Mm -hmm. learning. Now they're like, well, I'm retired now. Now I'm trying to figure out my life retired, right? In Mm -hmm. terms of retirement. And what I found with my parents is before they retired, I, I'm not going to say that they always listen to me, but occasionally they would, because <laughs> that's not true, but occasionally mm-hmm. they would say, hmm, that's not a bad idea. Let's do it. When my mom retired, I was like, look, you got all this money. You should invest it. I was like, here's yeah. the number of a investor from um, one of the big five, right? Out of New York. Yeah. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what you do with your money. You a grown woman, but I still think you should invest it. It shouldn't just sit in a bank account because it's not going to really accrue that much interest, you know, for you, like investments Mm -hmm. are better. And so, and that's what they did. She invested her money. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I really used the fact that, hey, look, you know, I love you and you know, I'm not going to tell you anything that Mm -hmm. would steer you wrong. This is important. And we have to work on this. It's not even a choice. We have to work on this. And that I think was what got through to them more than anything else. That in a really healthy dose of stubbornness. Um, Mm -hmm. I am my parents' child. And I was like, I will be here every weekend until you say yes. And they were like, look, I'm like, no, (laughs) you do not. And they were just like, okay, we're well, fine. We'll have a meeting. I was like, great, great, great. So um, I need to see your oh, bank yeah. statements. <laughs> and see, pushing. Not, right. And you, and you got to, you have to keep pushing. And, you know, for some of the listeners, pushing our parents may not be the easiest thing. You know, like sometimes they're going to need some help with that. They're going to need some guidance of like what to do, how to do it, like, where do we even start, you know? <laughs> okay, well, listen, I mean, shameless plug, uh, follow uh, at parental underscore wealth at on IG. I am also on Clubhouse, right. y'all. I'm also Ooh. on Twitter, Pinterest, and I have a website, parentalwealth.com. Shameless That's right. plug. But uh, <laughs> the reason why I say that is because I do notice that I'm maybe talking about things that a lot of people aren't aware of. I did mm-hmm. uh, recently a deep dive into kind of behavioral finance. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about the fact that your parents can want to live a better life or take care of their finances or get mm-hmm. things, uh, you know, fixed up for themselves and still spend or splurge or do the wrong thing because at the end of the day, they are bringing the experiences that they have from childhood on up. So we're talking 60 years in many instances. And that can kind of override the logic of changing how they do their finances, right? So instead, you got to find little things (laughs) that make it easy (laughs) for them to say yes, because Mm -hmm. they're familiar with it. So I know 
that uh, some folks have decided, like, I, when they have a, a close friend or family member who might pass away, and maybe that close friend or family member, when they pass away, there's not enough money to bury them. Mm-hmm. Or it, it's mm-hmm. too much. It happens too much. Yeah. I mean, and we can have a whole conversation about uh, funding funerals online. Exactly. That's another conversation. Not going to talk about that mm-hmm. right now. But <laughs> um, there's an inherent fear around that, right? Like, you know, yeah. there's not enough to take care of you. Is this the reality that you want? You know, mm-hmm. in asking them something that you already kind of know the answer to, right? Because they're already showing you that they yeah. don't like it. And that is a way you can kind of shoehorn your way in by asking Mm -hmm. open-ended questions and not being judgmental with those open-ended questions. I think part of the challenges, especially for women our age, right? Like we have worked hard (laughs) to get to where we are today. Say it again. Yes. (laughs) Let me say it again. We have worked hard to have our homes to have mm-hmm. our experiences, to travel, to be able to take care of ourselves, to have spa days, whatever it is. Girl, right? yeah. We have worked hard for those things, but our parents have also worked equally hard for the things that they have mm-hmm. and the life that they want to have yeah. or continue. And the key is finding out what those things are that matter the most to them and being mm-hmm. able to communicate with them as easy as possible with no judgment. You can't sit here and judge mama's money choices from the last 20 years. You ain't getting anywhere with that. No, Mm -hmm. you won't. Listen, mama's going to say step to the left. Yeah. Most likely those things that she did and those sacrifices she made is for you. She did it for the family, right? She did it to take care of the kids and make sure Mm -hmm. he had food and clothes and make sure baby went to school, you know, got that degree. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, so um, there's so much that our parents, you know, have sacrificed for us. They don't tell us. They don't tell us. They just do. They really don't. It's just what they do. Mm -hmm. And you're a parent. Michelle, I know. I know that it had to be hard as I don't know what, like, I believe you were in school full-time, had a baby girl, just, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure she knew not a single thing of the nights where you probably went into the closet and cried (laughs) by yourself, but didn't want her to know about it. And that, that is very reflective of our parents' experience. Mm -hmm. They've gotten to this point in their life where they can, now they can enjoy doing what they want to do. Be like, yeah, I worked hard all those years. So now I want to go to Starbucks, you know, every Friday or, you know, whatever it used to be or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe I want to renovate, you know, do some different things in the house and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you bring up so many good points because these are things that I haven't thought of before. And these are definitely things like my siblings and I need to talk to my parents about. It's like things look great, but you never know. Because as parents, you know, part of our job is to make sure that things look great, make sure that people make sure that, you know, you don't see the bumps and the, and the mm-hmm. things, the struggles that we're going through, because we want you to know that um, we're knowledgeable, we, we know what we're doing, and we don't right. want you to see like some of those things, those faults or those disconnects, those gaps right. that we haven't thought about. So, um, I mean, being able to know, like, how they're spending, what they actually have saved 
you know, and, you know, we used to think having a will was a big thing. Be like, oh, yeah, they good. They got a will. There's a whole lot more people are living longer now. Yeah. So a will is great and necessary. But what about that time between retirement and until you need to execute that will? I'm living, you know, parents are living. That is a good point, right? Because folks are like, look, we got a will. We good. And I'm like, so, Mm -hmm. I mean, that just really says when they die (laughs) or they're like really infirm, maybe dealing with uh, health issues Mm. like dementia or Alzheimer's yeah, or God forbid an accident, you know what I mean? And unable to take care of themselves. I was like, all right, well, you know, that's for when they die. Retirement mm-hmm. planning is for when they're alive. <laughs> yes, living, living. <laughs> it's for when they can literally like, you know, what's this, what's the retirement lifestyle that you want to have? I know that mm. um, I, I brought up with my parents like pre-COVID. I asked a question. So, hey, what do you guys think about spending 16 weeks traveling a year? Mm-hmm. And they were like, what? And I'm like, if you save enough money, you can oh. go to the ancestral home. That's my grandmama's home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can go to Yankee games. You can go mm-hmm. to jazz festivals. And it doesn't have to be the whole, you know, four months consecutive. In a row. It can be yeah. broken up. I was like, the point yeah. here though, is that you would be able to travel more. If you want to drive the country, you want to rent an RV, because my daddy knows mm-hmm. how to drive buses. So I was like, you oh, want to rent yeah. an RV? I'll catch a flight and meet y'all somewhere, but you know, right? <laughs> let you guys enjoy the beauty of the nature of the enjoy, world on the know, road. Is, I have so many scars from all the road trips that I had to go on with my parents <laughs> that I'm like, I can fly. And they're like, no, drive with us. And I'm like, I don't want to. And anyway, I digress. <laughs> Girl, we're about to digress really. Cause I'm like, what's the furthest you've driven with them on a road trip? 24 hours, 24 hours, Connecticut to Florida. Wow. And, and then nice. on top of that, because my father was raised in the South, he would not stop unless it was for gas. And oh, when you that's got what gas, we do. it was for food. You know, you went to the bathroom, you got yeah. food and you got gas and that was it. And back in the day, I thought my father was just doing that to make me miserable. But now <laughs> as a adult, I realized mm-hmm. growing up in the South, growing up in the Jim Crow South, right? He yeah. was very aware that every stop is not welcoming. So we yeah. just, we kept it trucking, right? Like, you know, folks, right are very familiar with um, the green book, the Negro uh, green book, the yeah, Negro guide to travel, to travel mm-hmm. uh, Lovecraft country, God, Lord have mercy, an amazing series. Yeah. Uh, but it just really drove home how much my father was in protection mode and we were not gonna stop for mm-hmm. any, you know, ridiculous reason. No, so unless it was necessary. Mm-hmm. This just, when I look at that, like that is what my dad yeah. did for me. My mom offered to have me move back in the house when I got laid off in 2009. And, you know, in 2009, Mm -hmm. I got laid off for 11 months. You know, I look at my my mom and her willingness to do that. My mom would make me barbecue um, Mm -hmm. ribs and put it in parquet tubs and ship it to me at school or give it to me when, you know, when I was laid off, she's like, come home, get some food and, you know, go back. I look at that and I look at the fact that 
you're going to tell me that I can't sacrifice some Saturdays and some weekends mm-hmm. and have these conversations and figure out some numbers with you to make sure that you are living your best retired life. Get yeah. out of here. Like mm-hmm. you guys did so much taking out loans for me for college. But the bigger point is, is that I look at how much my parents have loved on me and yes. I Priceless. see it as my honor to love mm. on them as much as possible, especially as they get older. Like they yeah. are treasures to me. I am obsessed with mm-hmm. the stories that my father shares with me now about how he grew up and his experiences with his family. Yeah. And that my mom shares with me now too. We didn't have conversations like this before talking about money. And we do now. I mean, it really is. I mean, our parents, you know, my parents are so endearing to me now. I enjoy those conversations with them, you know, the time spent with them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and even now the time apart from them, it just, yeah. you know, hits home and punches a different way, you know, where you want to be with them. You want to know that they're okay. You want to um, understand what it is that they're going through and do whatever you can to help them. So I, I think that these are the things, you know, that the listeners need to, to, to take hold of, to, to remember, you know, these are some of the things that, you know, they can reach out to, reach out to Demelza, like we said, parentalwealth.com, you know, find her everywhere, absolutely, you know, Twitter, absolutely. Instagram, you know, go right to the website and go from there and you can look at her blog, look at her newsletter, you know, get signed up, you know, so you get all the information. And- I'm really enjoying just connecting with people and talking about aspects of retirement that they're just not as aware of, right? Like, and and that's why I I call myself the retirement money kid. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not retired. Right. And typically folks think that that means that I'm referring to my retirement, like, you know, uh, financial independence, retire early, but I'm really talking about financial independence after retirement. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. identifying ways or excuse me, retirement planning for our parents that work for them, not just working for me. Cause it's going to work for me no matter what. On top of that, like, God forbid, should something ever happen? Like if something ever happened to my job and I know my mom and dad are good, (laughs) (laughs) I know they got me, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm good. They're good. We take care of each other. And that to us really is the value of intergenerational wealth. It's not just Mm -hmm. focusing on the next generation. It's focusing on three generations, right? Because what happens with our parents, right, can very much be an indicator of what happens to our kids in terms of how much wealth that they have. And our parents provide wealth to our kids in multiple different ways. They pay for weddings. They help gifts. They Mm -hmm. help with education. They help with an inheritance or wealth transfer. Like so, Mm -hmm. if I set up my parents, I know that it's going to benefit my family. I'm just, you know, I'm just choosing not to benefit when they pass per se. I want to benefit while they're here, and I want Mm -hmm. them to benefit as well by having a long life and, and effectively longevity. Yeah, yeah, and. I think that's what we all want, right? You know, whether you're cool with your fam or not, you know, nobody really wishes ill will to their family. You know, like I want the best for you. I want you to live the best life. And that means even after working is done, when you're retired and you're still, I want you to live your best life, you know? 100%. 
And I went and like you say, intergenerationally, not just my daughter. I want her to know and understand the things I'm going through so she can protect and start doing her investments now, but also what my parents went through and what, yes. you know, it's a hey, both ways, like you say, forward and backwards. You know, we're looking I everywhere. Mean, Head on a slope. Reason, there's a reason why our European brethren, uh, you have families that go back 200 and 300 years mm. that have somehow managed to keep wealth there. Like, don't get me wrong. I want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, it's a little bit different if you are mm. of the diaspora, right? Like way <laughs> too much history. Like retirement was never created for us to have. We were effectively <laughs> somebody else's retirement ticket. You know what I mean? Right. Like our right. ancestors, our ancestors' bodies were literally what retirements we're built on. So mm -hmm. let's keep it like, let's be clear. Like Retirement was not built for us to take advantage of, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at uh, our European brethren that uh, have experienced retirement for generations and the, their strategies, right? The strategies mm -hmm. that they use, you can't really expect for us to just use their strategies and then have some expectation that we're going to yeah. be successful when their strategies are built on generational and intergenerational uh, wealth transfer, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't yeah, have that. We mm -hmm. literally do not have that. And so knowing that we have to peel away some of that colonizer thought process. Yes, I said that. Yes, Shuri, <laughs> all day, every day. Colonizer. But it's like, we have to kind of decolonize retirement. We have to take yeah. these ideas that are so associated with it because it's associated with the majority, not associated right. with the minority. And we really have to kind of chart our own course, which is part of the reason why I really focus on intergenerational wealth. And I really yeah. push back hard on this whole idea of, oh, well, you know, when my parents get older, our roles will reverse. They become the child and I become the parent. Can you hear the sarcasm in my voice? Um, <laughs> this is not a child. This is a fully formed individual. Unless they are experiencing health issues, yeah. you mm -hmm. have to figure out a way to partner with them. You have to be a key independence driver and a partner. You can be yes. an adult child, but for us here in parental wealth, no, we are kids. We're key independence drivers. We are partnering mm -hmm. with our parents. We are not making them feel, uh, what is that word? Infant infantilizing? Infantilizing? I oh, can't say that word. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. you. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> like, we are not going to make them a child so that we are now in control of the situation. No, you're not in control of the situation. You're in right. control of the situation when you are managing your relationship with your parent. And I know that for some people, that's very hard. Guess what? There are all these professionals in the whole wide world that can help you mm. get you a fee only see, uh, you know, certified financial planner, get you an estate lawyer or, you know, get you an accountant, get you a retirement right. money kid. Hi, mm. okay. <laughs> have that independent, that independent perspective to act as a buffer. I'm in no way expecting you to do everything, but I am expecting you to become more aware. And that is part mm. of the reason mm -hmm. why I really talk about parental wealth is because I was very unaware and I didn't have yeah. no help. And I literally was just like, what am I doing? Well, <laughs> let me spend the next two years doing this the wrong way. And then I got, 
<laughs> right for the next four years. <laughs> right. You know, it, it just took a little time there, but you know, that's, that's blood, sweat and tears and times that you put into it, you know, benefiting your own family <laughs> so that then you can turn around and help others and you can spread the wealth, you know, the knowledge, knowledge is key. It knowledge is, is indispensable. Wow, man. So I just want to thank you so much. I know we're going to get ready to wrap up here. And um, I just want to thank you so much for, for bringing these issues and topics to light so that more people can hear and learn about and think about preparing for how their parents are going to survive and thrive during their yes. retirements yes. and how that affects and impacts us as their children, as their kids. I, I saw you through that, you know, that line in there, you know, K-I-D, what's that yeah. kids, you know? Yeah, key independence drivers, we're kids. <laughs> yes, of course, you know, I try, I try. Yes. But you know, we're not, we're not children and neither are they. And so mm -hmm. we get to figure out like, no, we get to talk. And sometimes yeah. that is just, you know, I don't want to sit here and act like all relationships are rosy. I don't want to mm -hmm. sit here and act like every parent is going to listen to you because that's not necessarily the case, but yeah. there are things that you get to do at least try. And if it doesn't work, you can still be consistent in how you show right. up with your parents and mm -hmm. they can see that you are consistently doing this, not trying, didn't work, decided to give up right? Like you want right. to go ahead and do that. And you, of course, want to also protect yourself. You want to make sure you're not doing anything that will yeah. have you obligated to your parents' debt. And I think that that's something that you really want to be aware of. If maybe mm -hmm. your relationship with your parent is not that great, you want to do that. And you also want to look to see if your parent would be willing to uh, do another form of life insurance so that at the mm. very least there might be some death benefits or some uh, insurance, or excuse me, some benefits in terms of long-term care. So maybe yes. they don't wanna talk to you, but maybe they might be willing to uh, sign on a dotted line for insurance and you mm -hmm. pay for it every month. Whatever you do, make sure that you talk to an insurance professional regarding that right. so that you can make the best decision. Exactly. We want to look out for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, good. Melza, you know, thank you so much again. And is there any parting words or any um, things that you have coming up later this month that people should be on the lookout for? Oh, my gosh. So, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that the women that are listening to this podcast uh, from the amazing Mimi, okay, I, that you understand that it's possible. Mm -hmm. Like it is possible with consistency and drive, the same amount of drive that I know that as Black women, and, and just as women, period, um, yeah. but definitely as Black women, that we have to pursue, uh, you know, a better life and to want more. Mm -hmm for ourselves uh, and our families, it's possible. And if you base your conversations in love and in recognizing that maybe your parents, uh, you know, just want to be given a reason to try, yes. you know, then you'll be able to keep going and you will find the strength to have these conversations and really, uh, you know, live the life that you both want to live. I, I really just want to leave with those encouraging words. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. Um, I really also want to encourage everybody to go to my website or my YouTube 
uh, channel. Mm -hmm. I am a vlogger, <laughs> blogger, vlogger, hey. and yeah. I really we have a bunch of series in, in excuse me, including caregiving, how money is emotional, and we're gonna keep yeah. going with these uh, series. And so, if you really want to get into more please follow me, Parental Wealth, on YouTube and yeah. uh, follow the blog as well. So really appreciate yeah. your time, Mimi. Thank you so much. This is Absolutely. so much fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I appreciate your time. I love your Tuesday talks, talking about money on Tuesdays, yes. right? Yes, and, talk um, money Tuesdays, every Tuesday. That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then February, I know with Black History Month, there's going to be some empowerment and some powerful yeah, things absolutely. that are coming We forward, are talking so. about decolonizing retirement. I'm so excited. Yes. I am a Black Panther fan like you would not believe. But <laughs> I'm so excited about it because I think it's so important that we kind of open up that third eye of awareness. Like, how is mm -hmm. this retirement working for us and working for the culture? Not how are we trying to shoehorn the culture into that retirement? And I think that that is something that's very important. So thank yeah, you for that reminder. Absolutely. So many things going on. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, as always, you know, listeners, when Improper Mimi has a guest on, we love to bring you hot information, information that can help you, information that will help to build you up. Like we say, we love to empower women at home, work, and play. So I just want to encourage you all to take that step, you know, just to kind of reach out, do something different, something like we talked about today that's going to benefit your family, both your parents and your children and yourself. So that's it for now. So keep telling those Black stories and we're going to keep on listening to each other. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>